In this episode, we're going to do a little follow-up to our last one and talk more about the positives you can get out of the gray man lifestyle. Whether you're just beginning into it, looking into it, or even for those who've lived that professional life, we're going to look at some of the positive aspects, positive side effects, what you can get out of it that may help you. Do understand that just like the negatives, they won't necessarily pertain to everybody all the time, if at all. It just depends on the individual and how you use it in your life. Just remember that it all comes down to the ego. We often deny the negative things because of our ego, and we often believe the positive ones are there because of our ego. But I'll give you a few examples of things that I experience and others experience that have lived this life or live it now, just so you can be aware of some differences that may happen to you that could benefit your life. That's what we're going to talk about right here on Gray Man, Hiding in Plain Sight. I think for me, the biggest change was always the news. And now that would also incorporate social media. I mean, you always hear about people. I've known plenty of people. You can see them all over the internet. People you may know that say, you can't believe the news. Don't believe the news. I don't believe the news. But those same people believe things and back them up with information that is essentially news. There's very few people I know actually don't care about the news. And I'm one of them. To me, it's comedy a lot of times. There are things I enjoy in the news, you know, when they show the cute kids and the puppy dogs. But what comes down to the information, I generally just know better. And I don't tend to get the reactions from it. I actually get more irritated at some of the stuff people share, or, or even the memes sometimes. Because there's memes out there, and I've known this for many years, where just part of political strategy or marketing and advertising or whatever, people make memes making fun of their own belief and then sharing it on the imposing viewpoints website or Facebook page or whatever in order for them to share it believing it's true to make them look stupid. And I just kind of look down on the people that share that stuff. That's just kind of me. Part of it is just knowing things. A big portion of things I generally know is just from years of information and analysis, forecasting and seeing things that are going on in the next 5, 10 to 20, 25 years, where I see events take place and then sometimes I share that information. When I do, I have to kind of do it very innocuously or very carefully and hint at it with the right people. And most of the time, I can't say much because I don't know much. I only know the assessment, how it's probably going to play out, and I don't know the details. There are times I do know the details, then I have to be even more careful. But one of the advantages is when you know this kind of information, you actually laugh at the reactions of people. I laughed when Suleimani got killed at the reactions of we're going into World War III. Like That was just one of the most ludicrous things I'd seen on the news in a long time. In the same manner, if you look at News in America now, it's mostly politics, right versus left, left versus right, what is or isn't racism, what is or isn't violence or protest, and I laugh at all of it. Most of it's an internal laugh. Yeah, this stuff's ugly and bad, but it's knowing better, knowing how the information works, knowing where to find it, knowing how to analyze it, see what it really means. I think that's the biggest thing is how to handle information. Another huge benefit is side effects of your behavior and treatment of people. And especially the gray man world, when you work with people where your job is to work with people and you don't do it just for one deployment or one time or maybe you get this cool school job, guys that have done it for years where you're going out and recruiting people to spy for you or interrogating them or you have sources that are giving you information and you develop your skills into a fine art of getting information, you become very adept at persuasion and influence of others. 
And there's many times that I've done it very positively without trying to get anything in return. Most times I don't get anything in return. Just as simple as having a bad experience at a restaurant, a bad purchasing experience. Usually when I have to interact with people, I handle those very well. If it's online and I'm communicating through email and a business kind of screws me over, I kind of tear into them. But if I end up to talk to them on the phone, it's a completely different person. Sometimes I've ended up in that situation. They don't realize it's the same guy. The point is what you get out of this is a natural sort of de-escalation, a way to shift blame to where you find yourself possibly accepting what would be a reasonable amount of responsibility in some negative situation and then using a restaurant, taking that server or waiter and explaining to them that it's not their responsibility whatsoever and then directing it towards somebody they would want to hold accountable for their shitty job. A lot of them like their job, but all jobs have things where people don't like something or somebody or something about the institution. And I've done that many times just to calm situations down. There's been many times where I've been offered free meals or discounts and I've turned them down. Things like that happen rather often. There's times where I call people on the phone and things can happen a much better way just because of how I talk to them, which comes from, I wouldn't even say years of experience. Because some people in one year get far more experience than people do in 10. It comes from thousands of hours of interactions with people that are typically on the defensive or offensive, nothing neutral. Well, altercations have happened or are about to happen, and you have to either de-escalate or maneuver through those negotiations in order to make things happen. Part of the reason why I focus so heavily early on on body language and detecting deception, how we communicate to people and looking heavily at ourselves, those who put that in practice will find changes in their life even if it's just one experience they will find that they can navigate situations that are difficult much easier and easier situations flawlessly it's just going to take a lot of practice and experience once you figure out how to do it in a way where you don't look like or even are really trying to get something for yourself then it makes it a lot easier because as i always said people pick up on things instinctually even if they don't know consciously what they're looking for so if you're trying to do something, it sounds like you're doing it for somebody else, but you're trying to get something for yourself out of it that will come across as deceptive. So I think it helps quite a bit. One of the cool things, I think, is the things that you know, which at times become frustrating. When I first got into this business, as I've told you before, I was in the military, I became an interrogator, and at the time we only had secret clearances. I was in the process for applying for top secret due to my duty position and my rank and where I was going from there, I was going to need it. So I started the application process, but we were only had secret clearances. Now that's been turned on and off many times, but that was the only requirement for the job. Now you get into like signals intelligence in the army, guys that work with classified systems to collect electronic signals and process them, another form of intelligence. They all had to have top secret clearances. And the thing I ran into I was never warned about was they all thought they were pretty cool. Now, some of them were cool guys, but they had this like, I'm a cool guy because I have this job. I have a top secret clearance. You can't come into my building, which is called a SCIF, an SCI facility, and I'm cool. I think it's a byproduct, just like other byproducts in the military for different jobs. It didn't take me long to realize they weren't really that cool. They didn't know anything. They collected and processed information and signals and gave out simple reports that had very little information to even tell them what they were contributing to unless they were briefed on it. They actually didn't know stuff and they didn't do much of their own analysis. And analysts generally do know a lot, but like in the military at very low levels, they don't know that much. They have an assignment. And it came to find out that counterintelligence and human intelligence guys in the intel world knew a lot of shit. 
And all of a sudden we were the cool guys. And I used that to not really my advantage. I used it to share. I had UAV pilots come to me and say, hey, uh, we've been flying this mission for like 10 days, all these hours looking for Bob the terrorist or whatever. We finally found what we were looking for. They went in and got him. We understand they're probably in the interrogation facility. We're just wondering if you could tell us something. We just want to feel like we contribute. We want to know a little bit more because we've been doing this so long. It's cool and everything, but we really don't know how this, you know, how does this contribute to the war effort? How does this stop terrorism? How does this stop attacks? And I was like, yeah, I'll do you one better. And I brought them to see some interrogations. I briefed them on what was going on because it was allowed to be done. I let them see how they can contribute it and what that leads to. How your small piece of the pie really allowed us to do A, B, and C. And part of that was, I think, being the kind of guy that wanted to share that information to enhance other people's lives. There's some people that their only value is in knowing things, so they just keep that to themselves. And i just not that kind of guy. There is information that's dangerous to know. There are a few things I know about that some people know about that are historical events used in teaching points that none of us talk about. I don't think it's like the movies. I don't think anybody would be killed for it, but it would be very bad and detrimental and find yourself in prison. And that's not a place I want to live the rest of my life. So I don't share that information. So there are some challenges to it, but you get to be the guy that knows things and the type of people that we are typically in these events are not the ones that smirk and laugh about it or be like, I know things like a little kid goes, I'm not touching you. It's we just sit there quietly and play it off or say we don't know. And I actually find myself in a lot of times in a lot of positions where I have to navigate conversations and deny knowing something or completely work the conversation conversation around using the skills I have in order to direct it to the next most likely area they're going to want answered and avoid that first one where they can't even see it. And that's a huge benefit of having these skills. Typically, the people that even just work in the military get one, maybe two deployments. If they work with people all that much, are just kind of starting to possibly understand how to do it better in a combat environment. After four or five years in the military doing this for a couple of years, they're not even understanding how to apply it to their everyday lives. So it does take a lot of time, a lot of hours with people to really get this type of behavior down to a science to where it's a natural part of you. One huge benefit is being prepared, and I don't necessarily mean like a prepper, but because we kind of talked about that, with the ongoing situations, you know, disaster, leaving an area, you know, we just had the hurricanes hit and stuff like that. You get a better sense of how to be prepared. Part of it is, like I said, knowing and understanding things and how to analyze it appropriately to figure out the most likely conclusions, which most people that have that kind of ability are usually fairly accurate on. The other thing is just understanding the likelihood of things that happen or how they play out. Most of the things I prepare for, or even looking at the types of preparation we talked about, bug outs and all that, I don't prepare for events. What I prepare for is what happens when any event takes place. Because 90% of the response is the same. Most of it will happen in the same order. Sometimes it won't. It depends on the organization or agency overall in charge. How long it takes each step to go into place matters as far as finances and manpower go, but they still happen the same way. 
The other roughly 10% aren't unseen variables necessarily. They're changes in new ideas, new technologies, new ways to do things that if you're no longer in that field or associated with it, you cannot necessarily foresee or account for. So I understand the response of anything from law enforcement to military, government, emergency management, whatever, in any event, to know how and when I need to react regardless of what happened. Now, the effects of everything that happened is something else that can take longer, but the response is typically roughly the same, which is why in the video when I talked about things like hurricanes, looking at the patterns of how people have responded, but also those agencies. So you get a better sense of how to be prepared. You also are more mentally prepared and capable of handling the situation because you're not focused on the event and how scary it could be in panic mode. You're focused on what's really happening right now, what's most likely to happen next, and how to navigate that successfully to get you and your loved ones to a safe location or whatever it is you're doing. One of the biggest benefits most of us have is teaching people. Whether it's people in SOCOM or in the intelligence community that are at that same type of level on the intel side, most of them are trained to be instructors and trainers. And with the exception of a high-stressed environment where something's you know real important on the line or whatever, most of the time we're willing to train and teach people things. A lot of times on the job you tend to do it fast, whereas off the job you tend to take more of a casual approach, more of a teach to the lowest level because you tend to be working with groups, whereas on the job you're working with a small team or one individual. Most people are trainers and instructors and have no problem doing it. Most of them are very humble as far as how to perform the job. Most of them are big fans of who's the smartest guy in the room, not who gets paid the most. And they have no problem taking orders from somebody who's been on the job quarter of the time they had getting paid a lot less because they're the expert in whatever's going on right now. And that's a huge benefit because you get to take total advantage of the situation with the resources you have available and not worry about the age difference or the paycheck that another person has. And people tend to respond to that well, which builds better teams, better leaders. And you get a huge response out of the fact that you're just there to teach and help people do their jobs more effectively. And most of us, to some degree, carry that off into our civilian lives if we don't continue working. So in the same way that I've trained people for several years, even before I came back to Arizona, that I stayed in and out of the community for a while, that I'm looking up on your training school, Despite all the types of schools available you can find, the better ones tend to be led and organized by at least the key leader, if not most of them, from the community, whether it's intel, special operations, or maybe like in a medical field, it's somebody that's years of proficiency and professionalism relating to that medical field or any other thing that people run private schools for tend to be the more successful schools. A lot of the better schools aren't even that big or well-known. An operator out in Texas runs one of the best shooting schools in the country. Most people don't even know who he is. He doesn't do a lot of YouTube videos. He mostly trains law enforcement, but he does train civilians too. And he has more experience than almost every other guy out there doing it. Some of them do get big and flashy. Some of them do take advantage of social media. But what they all do is teach and train people. And when you see their classes, you learn a lot more because what they show you is masters of anything typically have mastered what most people identify as the basics to such a level of fluidity 
that it's almost like you could think they don't make errors. It's also because of the way they learn how to do things. Whether it's academic or hands-on, they don't repeat something until they can do it right. They repeat it till they can't do it wrong. And it gives them a level of experience and knowledge that when they become teachers, they can teach better, point out more things, and work a group of people in an instructional environment, but work to each individual and say to that individual things to help them grow independently while coordinating with the rest of the group as a whole. And that's part of the experience that comes from a professional instructor and professional trainer. If you can't identify those in somebody, they are not at that level. It doesn't mean you can't learn from them. I'm just saying they're not at that same level as some other people. Another huge benefit comes from the training that is added onto by the experience, and that's your ability to handle stress, high-stress situations, and anything that would be catastrophe. Something that would scare, cause panic in most people. The training alone, at that level for most of us, allows you to handle those situations better. Some people still gain that without that training after they're in those situations, gain that experience and exposure. I think it's better to learn it through training than get the experience just because not having the training and preparation for it, there are some negatives that can come from gaining that just hands-on, never seeing it coming. But you get this ability to handle stress, to process things, maintain your own physical health, help to mitigate or minimize the effect of having adrenaline or any reaction short of having physical trauma in your body, which still can be combated to some degree with physical fitness. You're able to coordinate and organize people and things and dictate what needs to happen in that situation a lot better than most people. Now, there's some people inherently just have this ability. There's very few, though. But you find that the ones I call scarily sane don't seem to change at all, even if you had medical monitors on them going from anything from working out to eating lunch to playing with their kids to a high-stress, violent encounter, and then going back and watching a TV show. And a lot of it's the training and the repetitiveness of it and their ability to handle stress. Over time, yes, that builds on you. Of course, that happens to anybody that's normal and natural. But what comes with it is a mental toughness, I'll say, is that's the most common term, that most people don't have or not taught how to have because whatever their life is or their job is doesn't require them to. Now, in any of these things, that's not to say a person's like that 100% of the time. We all get mad. We all get upset, usually over things we're passionate about. We all have reactions just like everybody else. They're just not as common, and they're more rare and more on sensitive areas, or sensitive to us at that time for whatever reason. So it's not to say we're perfect, but there's a higher degree of likelihood that these are the results that you will have once you have enough experience or time. And for most people out there who've never done this, had this training, just pick one area you're really interested in, focus on it, get better at it, just like any hobby or new skill or new job, and you will attain these benefits over time while also mitigating or minimizing the negative side effects. With enough time and skill, you also have the benefit of turning anything off or on that you can do that's a skill or a reaction to something. Once you're able to do that, you can use it strategically in your life. So when you have those family members you have a hard time communicating with or those old friends you haven't talked to for a while or that person you just don't want to hurt their feelings, you need to cut them off, you're able to prepare yourself for those conversations. Not only plan it, prepare it, have the forethought for it, 
that when you go into it, you're well-versed, well-prepared because you do this on any mission, you're able to maintain a good emotional stability. You're more prepared than they are, and then you can navigate and have those conversations, whether it's one time or many times, and more than likely have a positive outcome or at least not a very negative one. One of the most useful ones people learn that don't do this professionally that will benefit you in your everyday life, though, is detecting deception. Whether it's reading body language or verbal deception, even if you can do one or both of those is so much better than what most people can do. You can do it to determine how you want to react. You don't have to necessarily call them a liar and challenge on it. You can do it to figure out where the story is going. Do they even realize they're doing it? You can do it when you're buying something, especially at a place where there's a commission to work it to your advantage. You can also use your changes in how you speak as well as use your body to make them more comfortable or uncomfortable as needed and know consciously what is happening even if they don't. It's that conscious awareness because it's not situational awareness. It's a conscious awareness. It's completely different. To have an idea of what's going on and why. It can help you, if used appropriately and not as a tool of manipulation in a negative way, it can help you navigate any difficult situation, especially emotional. It can help you be there and be more supportive for people when it's needed, whether it's professionally or in a relationship or just somebody you meet. It can help you ensure that you don't show up, want to talk to somebody, try to help them out with some great conversation, then by your own actions you're not aware of, you make them uncomfortable by your own body posture. But the ability to detect deception and read body language is unparalleled in communication to most anything else. Even just a few tidbits of information have changed people's lives, especially in the professional realm who do it, like counselors and psychologists, but anybody else. That's why it's taught so much to people that work in professional sales. I don't think it's taught as much anymore, but it used to be. Probably a third of all the books out there are focused on people that are in marketing and sales or are heavily focused on that in the writing. While there are many more benefits, I just thought I would share this after doing the last one because I kind of thought of it as a downer. And I, I could have made it a lot more personal. I chose not to. But I wanted to make sure you're aware there are positive things out there to this to let you know that there are ways you can use this. And I hope you that you find that helpful. Yes, this can be used as a bad thing. But so can anything else in your life. 16-year-old kid gets teased to a car. That car can become a bad thing really fast, whether they mean for it to be or not. So it's all dependent on the individual and how they choose to use the knowledge that they have. Don't forget to look up and follow the posts we're putting up on Twitter and Facebook. I haven't expanded into other platforms. I've considered it. I don't know that I will, though, but uh, we put information out there almost daily for those that are interested on all kinds of subjects. Thank you for listening, and we will have another podcast for you shortly here on Gray Man, Hiding in Plain Sight.